trailer. Yeah. It's the trailer for the monkey hustle. It's the trailer for the monkey hustle. Monkey hustle is a phrase that no one in the history of black people has ever used. Hello, hello, welcome, welcome everyone once again to the Michelle Mission, Two Men, One Podcast, every black film that's ever been made. I am Vincent Williams of It's Also Wednesdays, 8 to 10, and I'm joined, of course, by... Yo, what's up, Holly? It's your boy. This is Len, a.k.a. the Bat Tribble of Black Tribbles fame. And tonight, we're going to lighten it up a little bit. Oh, boy. We're going to lighten it up a little bit and... Spend some time with 1976's The Monkey Hustle. <laughs> Yafet Koto, Kirk Calloway, Thomas Carter, Randy Brooks, introducing Debbie Morgan. <laughs> that, that, now we know why we're doing this movie. And the great Rudy Ray Moore. You said the great Rudy I Ray? I did say the great. I didn't stutter. The great Rudy Ray Moore. The Monkey Hustle. All right. But before we get into all that, we got some emails. All right. We got some emails, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, thank you for all your emails. You can email us at mission at gmail.com. You can also reach us uh, via Facebook. You can like us on Facebook at Mission. Follow us on Twitter at Mission Michelle. Um, we heard from Robert Monroe Jr., all right. I hey. think Robert just wants to hear his name hey, on Robert. every episode. All right. Which I don't have a problem with that. Uh, he wrote us, this is it's an interesting little uh, tidbit that he wrote us. Um, he says that he was working in a New York City video store managing the foreign film department. Nice. Good when, job. When Do the Right Thing came out. Okay. Uh, David Denby was a member of this video store. And one evening, um, he came in visibly angry. Oh, no. He had just left the premiere of Do the Right Thing and said that it was irresponsible filmmaking Mm. because it would cause race riots. Oh, no, not race riots. I told David that black people don't need a movie to be angry. All we have to do is wake up and turn on the TV. True. And if we haven't resorted to rioting on a daily basis, a movie isn't going to make us do it. Not going to put us over the tipping point. He dismissed my observations and wrote his scathing review interestingly all of the racial violence that summer was perpetrated on blacks by whites david didn't write about that though Mm. that's interesting that is very interesting yeah do the right thing i mean i don't know when like like do the right thing is one of the big boys like like we had to like obviously that's an anniversary show like obviously that's a big that's that's a tent pole that's 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 a tent pole episode but um that is a movie that has caused hey. um, that when it did premiere, it I, I, it lit some fires. I remember they they had a the the premiere we had a premiere at uh, the University of Maryland where I was going at the time, and, and we used to get all the Spike Lee movies like like we get the the, the yeah. sneak previews, and there was security mm-hmm. there there were, the police had come on campus be because that was the word 
That was right. the word that yeah. that do the right thing was going to activate mm-hmm. our jungle blood <laughs> and right. get us right. so het up, yeah, that we would succumb to our dark African natures and perpetuate and perpetrate violence upon innocent whites around us Mm -hmm. whilst eating watermelon (laughs) and delicious fried chicken and through a mouth of watermelon and fried chicken and the whistle that came through my gold tooth as I was breaking things you could hear me crying out where the white women It didn't happen on my campus either, Robert. I, I think that was what was supposed to happen. I don't think any, I don't think that ever happened. No, I, I don't think that. I, I, don't I think, think I don't. I think there may have been like one or two type of things that happened. I seem to remember some, but I, I, I certainly nothing. I don't think. Oh no. Yeah. I'm I'm curious though. Have you ever gone to a movie? Has there ever been a, a time you went to a movie? And okay, no, didn't come out rioting. No, anything like that. But that you went into a movie, and it did get you kind of feeling some type of way, like angry it. enough that it, 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 it at least got you maybe a little, a little heated. No, not 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 enough that it was distracting. Two movies I've had actual reactions to. Candyman actually scared me. You said that. Like, I actually sat in the car scared after seeing it. Mm-hmm. And since then, I actually don't say that word three times in a row. I oftentimes won't say it twice in a row. Like, I said it once, and I'm not going to say it again. And I remember I went with a friend of mine, and she, you know, when I dropped her off, she said Candyman three times in my rearview mirror and then jumped out the car and laughed. <laughs> and I remember actually being frightened. The other time is I, I I sat in the car and cried a little bit after Malcolm X. Oh really? Like like that that really really good. But as far as something that made me so angry that you know I wanted to go out and yeah like yeah, not me. I can only think of one movie that made me feel that way, and it's funny I really can't remember even a whole lot about the movie really the only thing I remember about the movie is the poster but I do remember the feeling this movie gave me and that was Rosewood Oh, and whatever happened in Rosewood I remember watching that film and I was just with like a couple of friends sure you know um, just watching it for entertainment sake yeah Uh, but I remember like standing up when that movie went off and just feeling some type of way. Yeah, John Singleton has never been a filmmaker that affects me like that. I, I feel you on that. Yeah. Uh, but for some reason, and I haven't seen the movie since then, so, uh, so I'm yeah, curious either. to whether or not it would make me feel any uh, way. It, we should, we, you know, we should do some John Singleton sooner than later. We're, we're, yeah, we're, we're a little overdue. Yeah, and and Rosewood, Rosewood, it was a it, like it was a. I remember it being an interesting movie for a lot of reasons that he may not necessarily have wanted it to be interesting. Yeah, which I say that about a lot of John Singleton movies, because <laughs> you know, 
you know I'm chomping at the bit to do Baby Boy. I uh, it's funny you before. say that because um, Robert Monroe mentioned that uh, his dream double feature would be uh, his guilty pleasure double feature would be Temptation, Confessions of a Marriage Counselor, and Baby. Oh, Boy. that's that's a good evening right there. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good evening right there. That's that's a fruity that's a fruit that's a fruity alcohol drink pizza evening right there. I hear you. That. And he also is begging us to review bamboozled. <sighs> that's gonna be coming. We may have to lay off Spike for a little bit though. Yeah, yeah. We've been you know, I actually saw Spike Lee. I actually saw really? when I was on vacation, Spike Lee. Oh, that's right. You were vacationing at Martha's Vineyard. Yes, yes, I was. It was very fancy. Mm, you didn't take salty vents out to nah. Martha's Vineyard. <laughs> no, I did not. But I did go, <laughs> and I saw um, Spike Lee w- was there. They they showed his documentary, his off the wall documentary. Oh, okay. And Spike Lee was there, so I actually saw Spike Lee just just last week. Did he do? Uh, oh yeah, I saw that off the wall. Is, yeah. is it? Is it? He's done two Michael Jackson documentaries. So that's not the one from Motown to... Yeah, that's it. The one... Well, I think it is because I haven't seen the bad one. He did one on bad. Oh, okay. And then this one was all the way up basically to... Like tracking them moving from Motown to... To, Exactly. Through Philly International to Off the Wall. Yeah, so that's the one you saw. I did see that documentary. Um, it was on Showtime for a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, that was a a cool documentary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was nice to see it like like some... it It was nice... Interesting, a little disturbing, a little um, um, bittersweet to see a lot of that archival footage of Michael Jackson as an as like young, like young teen, young adult Michael Jackson. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, Spike Lee, master filmmaker. You know, two things, though, two things like like I always kind of joke and I don't know if I've gone on record like like I've been deathly afraid like I've had situations like this where like if i made maybe three different moves mm-hmm. i could meet spike lee oh really and like shake his hand and say you know thank you but i'm i've been afraid to meet spike lee for 30 years because the two things that i've always heard about spike lee like people who have been like people always say that spike lee is at best real crunchy and at worst an I can believe that. You know, you bleep that if you have to. Like that's what I've always heard. And I've like I love Spike Lee so much. Like I'm scared to meet him and that be true and that will like break my heart. Yeah. Yeah. But you know the other thing that I've always heard, and I saw this with my own eyes. Here's another thing you can bleep. People ask Spike Lee a lot of dumb shit. I can believe that. Like people say a lot of stupid shit to Spike Lee. Okay, so, five things believe. Okay. Yes, and and I sat in the audience as people raised their hands and said the most asinine stuff to him. Mm-hmm. And I sat and thought, if I had to sit and people said, "Here comes, here comes another one." If people said dumb shit to me for the past thirty years, I'd probably be a little crunchy too. Like I'd probably be a little short with people. Hey, fair enough. And he was crunchy and he was short with people. But in his defense. People say the dumbest stuff to Spike Lee. Yeah, but in their defense, people don't think they're saying dumb stuff. Well, I don't know if you think it or not. All I know is that man has been listening. Because I have heard people say that as well. Because like I said, you you know, I went to Maryland and we had a lot of previews. But like early on, like apparently for She's Gotta Have It and School Days, Mm -hmm. he actually came and spoke. 
okay. afterwards. And then I like this is actually before I got there. And I heard like they used to be legendary, the stories of the back and forth between people with Spike. And then, you know, just over the years, you hear people talk about him. You see interviews with him. And it's like, like, I want to meet you, but I don't want you to say something crazy to me. And then it breaks my heart. But people say stupid stuff to him, too. So then there's that as well. So, like I said, I saw both sides of it. And I didn't meet him. Right. But I saw him. Got you. And I saw the documentary. And, it, and it's always, I, I, I think maybe this is the second time, maybe the third time I've been somewhere where he spoke. Cool. Uh, that I, documentary is Michael Jackson's journey from Motown to off the wall. Yeah, it's 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 a great documentary. It's pretty good. Yeah, it it's really is. Good. I mean, you know. Before we get into our review, okay, uh, I did want to circle back a little bit to last week's review because there was a point that I didn't bring up in last week's review. Okay, that, that I meant to and I forgot right. of uptight of uptight. Yeah, because the the whole reason, like you know, um, spoiler alert. You know, go listen to that review, but we spoiled the movie then too. Um, Max Max Julian's character Johnny, yes, is th- this manhunt. The cops are after him, right? Yes, and uh, Tank, the lead of the movie, turns in to the cops for a thousand dollar reward where Johnny is. Yes, you know that he's went to go see his mom in the in the um, in the projects. But the reason. It, it, they have to turn. In, he has to turn, uh, turn into the police where Johnny is. The police know that they're looking for Johnny because they know that he killed this security guard because they found Johnny's sweater. Yes, at this warehouse where Johnny's sweater had his name stitched into it. Yes. Now. You'll forgive me. Maybe you will enlighten me. Okay. Why was his name? I think that was a thing. Stitched into his sweater. I think that was a thing. I don't know if you have any of your dad's old clothes or not, but my my dad used to have his name in his clothes. Really? I've seen it. I don't. I, I, I don't know. I think it was a thing. Like you'd have, and it was it his name or his initials? Because I thought it, it was, was his, his initials. initials. It was his initial. It was like J. My dad has well, mad old stuff. Mm-hmm. With and and just like it is in there, where it's like stitched, yeah, like near, stitched like right underneath the label, underneath the label. Oh yeah, uh, I, that that was. A, I think is that, that was, a is that a laundromat thing? I don't know. I don't know where it comes from. I just know I've seen my father's clothes, and like he's got ties and like shirts, and, yeah. and and you know my dad went on no no John Kennedy type stuff. You know my you know my dad was a truck driver. Like my dad's a real regular dude, mm-hmm. and and he did he. My dad has mad stuff with his name stitched in it. That's interesting, man. Yeah, I, I, I guess maybe that was. I, I, I wondered whether or not that if that was of the time. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, I don't know who did it. Like I don't know where that comes from. Mm-hmm. But that didn't, that didn't bother me at all. I thought it was dumb when he took it off, and to because he was he was hot, right. Moving all this, all these stolen guns. Yeah, you know, being in the midst of a felony. Yeah, you know, you know, kind of, kind of time sensitive. Right. And, and I, I thought maybe he shouldn't have come there wearing something with yeah. his name on it. Yeah, but that's me. He almost looked like you know one of the things that I hate um, when you go to a barber shop and the barber has like got his like he may not have his you know going to the club clothes on right. But you could tell he's got on his good jeans, right, and his new T-shirt, 
Right. Like his new $25, you know, T-shirt. Right. And he's sitting there cutting hair. Right. Like, I don't want my barber to be dressed better than me. Right, right. And he all careful. Yeah. Yeah. Because no. you, ain't, you ain't getting in where you need to get in. Exactly. That's what Johnny was. Johnny was, Johnny looked like, he looked like Cliff Huxtable yes. going to, or, or let's let's put it this way. He looked like Theo Huxtable. Yes. Going to 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 a robber. I completely agree. You know, let I me, completely agree. I got to put on my oak tree sweater. Right. right. And again, so, he's, he's wiping his brow because it's hot. <laughs> and then he takes his, I'm like, why are you taking all this evidence off? <laughs> Oh, I know you're committing a felony. <laughs> yes, you're talking about shh. <laughs> Help me with my cardio. Right, that actually bothered me more than the tag in his coat, like him actually taking it off to begin with. That's, yeah, the, the, the whole thing. Yeah, so the whole thing. I, I maybe maybe that was Max Julian being Julian. What's Max doing? I'll just leave it. We ain't got time yeah. to reach you. Well, there you go. Yeah, there you was. go. All right, let's get into let's, 1976's let's Monkey Hustle. Monkey Hustle. Hey, brothers, look what's coming down. They, the head slicks themselves. Yafit Koto as Big Daddy Fox. Rudy Ray Moore as Glittering Goldie. In Monkey Hustle. Teaching the young bloods how to step forth into the world of flim flam. Scoot and scan. Cool as they come. Show me the way, Superstar. And twice as sharp. Sure is bad. Badder than bad. They learn to handcuff the lightning. Chain the thunder. Walk through the graveyard and put the dead on a wonder. In order how slick to slick, you can't be sleeping late. You gotta be up early. Hey. You gotta get your righteous scam. <laughs> run it through five different ways from Sundays, making sure there ain't no holes in it. Mm. Then after you run it through five different ways, then you're ready to jump out in the street with your bad walk, your bad down dip. Yeah. You are ready for the monkey hustle. All I'm gonna do is let you kiss me now. Yeah. Look, I didn't explain. Look, I, she my cousin, and we're... Cousin, hell, what are you going? Where you going? If you're going to steal, steal big. Goldie will show you how to do it. So here we have the monkey hustle. And you know, look, look, guys, this look, look, <laughs> this is going to be a real light episode. Oh, yeah. This is a real light episode. So the monkey hustle centers around a cast of characters in the urban landscape of Chicago in the year 1976. If there is a main character, I guess that main character 
would be the Randy Brooks's character, Wynn, who when the film opens, well, not right when the film opens, but I guess mm-hmm. when the story begins, he's returned from a gig. He's a musician. He's returned from the road. He's returned from the road. Things haven't gone right. And now he steps back into this world. And his two friends come and, you know, commiserate with him because now his girl has moved on. His girl, Vi, uh, played by Debbie Morgan, mm-hmm. who we talked about in Eve's Bayou. This is actually her first role yep. um he has two friends uh one of the friends is the more important one his name is player yeah and player played by thomas carter is played by thomas carter who many of us remember from the white shadow yeah and so there you know that's if there's a main storyline or a main through line if there is a protagonist it's when and when again is dealing with his girl and he's dealing with trying to find a job and get a drum set and this that and the other he's also dealing with his little brother yes baby d and baby d who is 14 years old has embarked on a life of petty crime if you will Mm -hmm. and if he is the artful dodger his fagin would be Daddy Fox, right? Who is training him in the ways of flim flams and scams, and it is Daddy Fox played by Yafet Koto. Mm-hmm. Let's put a pin in Yafet Koto. We're going to come back to Yafet Koto in a moment. The couple of reviews that I read for this, because again, folks, this this is going to be a light episode, <laughs> kind of puts this film in the tradition of the Sting which came out a couple of years prior. So apparently after The Sting, there was a series of films that were about um, cons. cons. So, you know, you can kind of look at this film in the context of a post-Sting film about cons. Right. But you can really only kind of do it because the cons that are run in this film aren't really a lot of, like there's a lot of people stealing boxes of things. That may or may not have televisions in them. Exactly. And then there are high stakes cons like stealing cartons of milk and newspapers. and Which is really weird. So, you know, there, there's a lot of running back and forth between Daddy Fox and various other, you know, he steals people's briefcases. And so, you know, so then you have that aspect of it with, with Daddy Fox played by Yafet Koto. And then there's a the reason I love this film. So in the midst of all of these people, you, you know, I talked about Daddy Fox and then, you know, like there's this whole little sideline where, where Wynn's friend player is is a ladies man. Mm-hmm. And he has all these issues with different women in the neighborhood. And, you know, like I said, Wynn's little brother, Baby D, is he gets into a whole bunch of shenanigans with right. people. And then there is the local numbers runner. Who is the big criminal in the community? Right. Goldie. Played by Rudy Ray Moore. Best known as Dolomite. Right. This is a film where he does not play. I mean, he plays a Dolomite type character. Like, it's sure. it's Rudy Ray Moore. He gonna wear funny clothes and he gonna talk like Rudy Ray Moore. But he plays basically the big time criminal in this community. But, you know, kind of, you know, very kind of like 
like kind of a nice criminal. Like he's kind of not like, you, you know, you, he runs numbers and and and, you know, it's this whole subplot where wins wins girlfriend again debbie morgan's character begins to date another dude who's working for goldie Mm -hmm. and so he's a little numbers runner and he's got like two goons with him so there's that there's the violence there's a a policeman who's called the black knight one time within the film right but in the credits he's seen as a black and he's also corrupt like he takes payoffs and stuff yeah but he's played for laughs and the whole thing is very low stakes. Yeah. Following when and then sort of tagged, you know, kind of tagged onto this thing is this. It's not even worth referring to it as a subplot because I think they mention it three times. The city is going to put an an express an expressway through this community and decimate this neighborhood. Apparently, like right down the street. Right down the street, so that. The, the, at, you know for like two scenes the whole group comes together to to make sure that this doesn't happen right um rosalind cash is in this yeah, and, and she plays um vi's mama. mother mama and you know it's rosalind i love rosalind cash yeah. i love rosalind cash so much and you know I have to say, I, I look. I chose this movie because we had been like I. I think we had been eating very rich meals. We have lately. Yes, I mean, we mean we, you know, we just did Uptight, and before that, we did Clockers, mm-hmm. and before that, we did what we do right before Brother Clock? from Another. We planet. did a Brother from Another Planet, and and we've been eating a lot of rich food. So I wanted something that was a bit of a frippery. A bit of a of a, tri- a frippery. A frippery. What's a frippery? It's something light. It's a trifle. Okay. And this film is a trifle. It yeah. really is. Like what, what I actually thought at the end of what it made me think of. It's like an extended episode of what's happening. I'm glad you said that. And if you think about what's happening and certainly what's happened within in, in the context of those kind of classic 70s shows like you yeah. know you think about a good times you think about um the Jeffersons, you, Sanford and Son. You think about Sanford and Son. Mm-hmm. Um you fool around and you catch you you catch a pretty a, a pretty um deep episode of each of those shows. Yeah, like they would have episodes. Of, you know, somebody died or something like. Oh yeah. And what's happening was just always so low stakes. Yes. And and you could sort of watch it. It's in the background and it's on and and you know you got some some black people getting into some very low stakes situations mm-hmm. and it was kind of fun. Mm-hmm. And my wife actually hates what's happening because of that. Like she says, like it's almost like a waste of time watching what's happening because nothing really. Like there are no stakes. I I keep saying low stakes because it is. And this film is like an extended episode of what's happening, and you have these sort of wacky figures who do wacky things, and things happen. And and one thing I do like, I put a pin in Yafekoto. I love the two or three films that Yafet Koto is in in the 70s. So I love him in this. I love him in Truck Turner. Mm-hmm. Um, he's in something else. He's, a, he's in at least one more film that I can't think of. Because Yafet Koto is a capital A actor. And you fool around. And Yafet Koto is actually delivering his lines 
Mm-hmm. Like he's in an actual thing. Like there, there's a scene in this. Again, this is called the Monkey Hustle, which I was saying off mic. Th- there's so much slang in this movie that no actual black person has ever used in the history of black people. God, yes. It's like the scene in Airplane with the two white guys. I mean, the two black guys doing the the black talk. Yes, as written by some white people. This whole film is like that. Yes, this whole film. Where it's all of this slang that no black people have ever used, including the title, The Monkey Hustle. Which The Monkey Hustle is apparently, it's, it, it seems like it's almost a play on the signifying monkey. Where, you know, the monkey doesn't have a lot of strength. Mm-hmm. But since he keeps moving and and he talks a good game, he's able to to kind of navigate the jungle with all of these more powerful animals there is a scene in this film that is unintentionally hilarious where Yafet Koto delivers this monologue about what the monkey hustle is okay to Rosalind Cash that damn Yafet Koto is delivering this like he is in an August Wilson play <laughs> you know the monkey hustle and have you ever seen a hustler that's not moving and the monkey, when he is in the jungle, must move and keep moving because there are other there are other forces in the jungle much more powerful than him. And can you get me off of the monkey hustle? Can you help me escape the monkey hustle? And I'm like, this Negro, he just don't have no other speed. Like Yafet Koto only has one speed, mm-hmm. actor. Mm-hmm. And you know, all right. So there, there you go. There you go. Hey, Lynn. You got something to say about the monkey hustle? Well, Lynn, you have something to offer about the monkey hustle? Is there some criticism that you would like to give the monkey hustle? Well, first, uh, speaking of Yafit Koto, uh, he did Truck Turner, 1974. He did this movie in, in uh, 1976. I think the other movie you're thinking of is from 1975 with Pam Greer, Friday Foster. Yafet Koto's in Friday Foster. Yeah. Doing the same type of thing. I think he might wear a bow tie. Because that's the other weird thing. He wears a bow tie all day. Because, you know, he wears that bow tie on Truck Turner. Yeah. Because I, I think he plays blue. That's his thing. Yeah. That's his thing. He's also in Friday Foster. Um, it's staying on Yafet Koto because you went there. Uh, I, too, am a fan of Yafet Koto, the actor. Yes. Um, hom- hom- homicide, Life, homicide on, the Life street. on the Streets. Yeah, one of my favorite shows ever. Great on that show. Yafet Koto. Um, <laughs> the man should never, ever do a comedy. <laughs> you want to talk about there is not a funny bone in the man's body. He cannot deliver a, a punchline a joke to save his life. He's funny looking. <laughs> I mean, just with the whole bow tie and the hat and the yeah, whole, the yeah, whole yeah, yeah. like, you know, and he keeps wearing his hats to the side and everything like that. And then, uh, I think the only bit of true comedy in, in this movie that he delivers and this is one of those, this is like would be considered black humor or comedy <laughs> of the macabre is that he actually wants you to believe 
that Rosalind Cash <laughs> finds him irresistible. <laughs> oh, come on. That's not nice. When he is laying his head on Rosalind Cash's lap and talking to her and then reaches up and puts this mitt behind her head. You you real out of order right now. To pull her down for a kiss. And then when you see him pull him down pull her down for a kiss. Now Rosalind Cash, beautiful woman. Yeah. Extremely talented actor. Absolutely. Leans in for a movie kiss. Yes. Yafit Koda <laughs> opens his mouth as if she is dipping in a brontosaurus oh. burger. And I swear he sticks his tongue out oh. to his chin oh. to receive oh. her entire oh. face oh. into his oh. mouth. Are you serious? Did this just ha- this man is grazing on Rosalind Cash's yeah. nose yeah. right now? This brother just should never be because the whole beginning of the movie you talk about you know it opens up with when the movie actually opens with Yafit Kodo yes supposed to be this real hip funny guy I mean he is really supposed to be the comedic through line in this movie yes a lot of his scenes are played for comedic effect absolutely you know, uh, you know, to juxtapose against this, you know, romantic story of Win and 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 Val, uh, or the um, the underpinnings of the little kind of like darker story of Goldie and his minions versus Player and his boy, and we'll get to them in a minute. <laughs> so Yafikoto is supposed to be kind of like the the through line of that on, on a comedic standpoint. Uh, and it just doesn't play because Yafit Koto can't do comedy. Now, what Yafit Koto can do is acting in a little bit of drama. So then when comes the scene where Yafit Koto has to save Wynn from being thrashed by these young uh, brigands yes. who are getting um, retaliation for what happened to their dude, one of Goldie's boys, and Yafit Koto comes running to the rescue... He's a man who should never run in a movie either. <laughs> he's, he is, he's, 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 a, he's an oddly constructed he's individual. He's not really a physical, like, I think he should be stationary. He should be stationary. stationary. There should be photographs of Yafikoto. And deliver his lines. Exactly. But, but, but not allow movement. Because yeah. when he has to come move it and then go into Action Jackson, Action Koto, he can't deliver a punch. It's, it's, it's. it's it's this. It's is, a bad. I'm telling you. I'm. 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 I'm fascinated <laughs> by how Yafet Koto got work before he was a certain age, exactly, and had a certain stature to play a certain kind of role. Because, dude, there is nothing. There, he cannot deliver any type of physicality to this performance at all, and and that. Never mind that I could give you a thousand dollars safely 
knowing that this thousand dollars will be going home with me if I asked you to tell me what the plot of the movie was because there is no plot you say it's, a, it's about these characters that's all it is yeah it's about these characters yeah. yes there's some lip service paid to these bulldozers that's yeah. going to be coming down the streets you know there's also lip service I paid. mean the plot is when trying to get his girl back really I mean like it's 15 because minutes it's 15 minutes of the movie it doesn't, it's not even 15 minutes of the movie it's not quite 15 minutes they talk about it in the beginning they talk about how when how Val is dating this other guy when shows up at Val's job and sees sees her flirting with the other guy then cut to when climbing into Val's um, room icky it, 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 yeah and, and getting it on with Val for the rest of the movie he, he's got Val okay so, so that's not really a plot line. Either. That's not really a plot, a plot line of this movie. Right. Of this movie, there's lip service paid to some, you know, you know, some, um, you know, uh, uh, nonprofit dude running around training, you know, the Junior Olympics, huh? <laughs> uh, it's fourteen year old baby D trying to have sex with sixteen year old sweet potato. Also icky. That's also icky and also not really a plot line because the next thing you know, Baby D's got this like the whole little rascals crew hanging around him, one of which is Sweet Potato right on his hip. So that ain't no story. Yeah, that's, There's yeah. no story. In, it's in this not. A, movie. It, it's 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 a little light on the plot. You talk about it. Talk, it, it reads like a scene of what's happening. There was a part of me as I'm watching this movie. If it didn't happen. I'm willing to bet that somewhere out there, there's a pilot of the Monkey Hustle, the TV series. Yeah. Because this reads so much like a TV series it wanting does. to happen. They even do the credits like like these are it television lo- characters. Dude, I could have sworn. Yeah. Like, are you sure this is not a TV movie? You're right. I mean, it looks like good times coming on. Yeah. You know, all you need is just dynamite running yeah. around in here. And yeah. you've got it down pat. Yeah. yeah. Vince, me and my girlfriend were so ready to come to your house and drop kick you in your doorway. Can't you just enjoy it for what it was? I can't enjoy it because it's a bad movie. It's not funny. There's no there's there's no humor in it. So like I understand like you saying it comes up in the time of like these con movies, and I can see the cons that you're going for, but the don't even make any the cons, sense. The cons don't make any the sense. The dude robbed somebody's briefcase. Why? Just because dude had a briefcase. Dude had a briefcase. He don't know what's in the briefcase. Garbage trucks figure into a great deal of his schemes. Why? What's the garbage <laughs> man do? There's what I got from that is that there is a vast underground of stolen goods that the trash man is involved with taking and leaving okay oh no i'm finished <laughs> that's it <laughs> it makes no because there's a lot of running back and forth and people stealing things off of the trash truck and you see you see other be- trucks in the and- beginning you see yafa koto uh daddy fox uh, yes daddy fox in his you know he goes through this whole machinations to get to you know his secret underground lair yes in the midst of uh, so, which is basically his office yes. where all of his stolen stolen goods are seen there in their boxes cut to later in the film where they go to there and all those boxes are empty. Right. Even that was a scam. See, he's still running the monkey hustle. He's monkey hustling himself. He's monkey hustling himself. 
Oh, this movie was so, so, so annoying. Was any of it fun? No. None of There is not a fun scene. Rudy Ray Moore is Goldie. Let's talk about Rudy Ray. Moore. Let's talk about Rudy Ray Moore. How do you feel? Uh, let's 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 pull out away from Goldie. Let's pull out from there. What do you feel about Rudy Ray Moore? What are your Rudy Ray Moore thoughts? Rudy Ray Moore may be singularly the most unattractive, untalented man who has ever been the lead in a film. So you've never enjoyed any of the Dolomite films? Rudy Ray Moore has never done anything worth seeing. Okay. Nothing. I disagree. I love Rudy Ray Moore. And he is... I think he is amazingly entertaining. So you don't so so you didn't like the human tornado then like you didn't find the human tornado well, well okay let's let's step you're back. talking about other movies have you seen, right right because I'm getting to Goldie okay. like like have you watched any of the Dolomite films I saw one Dolomite movie don't even ask me which one it okay was. Peter Wheatstraw the Devil's son-in-law any knowledge of that I saw that yeah okay you don't enjoy sort of the um the spirit no uh, okay all right no. No, okay. I, I take it. Take that back. The spirit of it, I can appreciate. It's still horrible. Okay. So the spirit of it, yeah. So back. So back. So, 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 so back to Goldie. You didn't find the 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 sort of farce, the absurdity of this character entertaining on any level. Not what's none whatsoever. I found him. I found he was. As absurd as this movie is, as unfunny as this movie is, Goldie is from a cartoon. Yes, that's and true. He's a car- he, he is literally he, 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 he is literally Roger Rabbit in this movie. Yeah. Oh yeah. But he's which is fine if you're funny. If you're adding something to it, he adds absolutely nothing to this movie. I I think I and, and I think that, you know I honestly I just think this is a taste thing. Like like I think the Rudy Ray Moore sort of conversation. You think he's funny? You I think he, sticking to this movie. Sticking you think to he's this movie. Funny in this movie. I think physically. I think the way Rudy Ray Moore delivers lines. I think everything about Rudy Ray Moore is amazingly entertaining to me. Even that stuff that was on his chest. Not even. That's part of what makes him entertain. Like I think the fact and 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 and, and I've heard um mm, I just forgot his name, but the dude who co-wrote um Black Dynamite. Who? Uh Michael J. White? No, not Michael J. White. The other dude who um who plays Bull um Anyway, he talked about his character mm-hmm. and and how it was in the spirit of Rudy Ray Moore. And, and what he said was that um, the thing about Rudy Ray Moore is that he's he's almost egoless. Because physically, there's nothing about him. 
Byron Mins. That's Byron Mins, and we and because he plays he plays bullhorn, plays bullhorn, yeah, that that old bullhorn, and he talks about how Rudy Ray Moore physically is 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 not attractive. I mean, I mean he's flabby, he's he's out of shape, he's he's not a necessarily a good looking man. Not necessarily. I mean, you know, I think that's all subbjective. I don't date dudes. I don't get somebody in here to date. No, 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 no. it has nothing to do with whether or not you date I'm dudes. I'm just or saying not. some. I don't, you know, there's just, no subjective I, to it. I, He's I, not a good looking right. guy. And yet he puts himself in this these positions. You know, just to bounce back to the Dolomite films, mm-hmm. where he's a leading man, mm-hmm. where he's an action hero, mm-hmm. so that it is it is farce to the level of absurdity, mm-hmm. so that. I think either you buy it or you don't. And, and, and you know, like this conversation I'm having is, is funny. I had like when I discovered Rudy Ray Moore when I was like 18, mm-hmm. me and my dad had this whole Rudy Ray Moore conversation. And you're actually channeling my father right now, where it's just like I just and, and I don't think it's it's uh, you're right or you're or, and I'm wrong thing or I'm right and you're wrong. I really do. He's almost like, I don't know, coconut, like either you like it or you don't. And I like Rudy Ray more so that part of the reason that and, and I think the spirit of this film, you, you know, again, it's very lightweight. There, mm-hmm. there are no stakes and the stakes that they try to interject go away almost immediately. And I think Rudy Ray Moore is the perfect actor to play a character in this movie. And back to the sitcom language like Rudy Ray Moore would be that wacky character he's sweet daddy in good times you know he's this wacky character who shows up every now and then and he would say hey it's Goldie and he comes in and he does some stuff like y'all can't see me but I'm doing like a little shuffle in my seat like he's shuffling like he does a little shuffle and he probably has a catch phrase like he would have a catchphrase if it was an actual tv show and he said you know yeah because you got to glitter like goldie and then he would shuffle out the room and like the studio audience would clap and then that'd be the end of them but you know look i can't fight with you about the monkey hustle at all like i cannot defend the monkey hustle on any level of aesthetics or sort of of quality or you know it's place in history <laughs> yeah this has no place in history i just really like the monkey hustle you really i, I really I, like 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 everything that i've just said i love the fact that again black people in this film use black people slang from the movies like I love the absurdity of the slang that like I read one of the reviews that said that this movie will have no crossover appeal because white people will find it indecipherable. In and I was reading and thinking, no, black people don't really under, like you just sort of like you kind of re- listen to the context. Mm-hmm. But black people don't talk like this. Like nobody talks like I love that. I love you. You know, I love Yafet Koto because like you said, Yafet Koto should not be in comedy. <laughs> Very true. Which ironically makes him hilarious to me. Like Yafekota is hilarious to me in this film because he's so miscast. I love the sort of bizarre relationship between Yafekoto's character, uh Daddy Fox, and Baby D. Where like I said, you, you can see they're almost shooting for an Oliver twist 
art, artful Dodger Fagan relationship. But it's right at what is going on with these two? And I almost like I want to say that this was like a third draft of a script and a third draft of the script had baby D being so sexually aggressive with sweet potato because he and in um and like you said i think daddy fox's romance with mama rosalind cash's character i wonder if these weren't additions to the script because the relationship between the two of them was right at this this is inappropriate like someone needs to i didn't read that off of them and maybe it's because of those other scenes put in right, there. Right, right. Yeah. You, you know, baby D is always in this little half shirt. And, well, but it's not just him. Thomas Carter's running around with his, his midriff showing. You know, the funny too. thing is, because Thomas Carter, again, you know him from The White Shadow. Yeah. He was always wearing a half shirt on The White Shadow, too. Yeah. So, you see, I, I was trying to recall whether or not that really was more of a 70s aesthetic. Because there's a couple, there's more than a few guys. Right, it's a lot of dudes with little shirts on. Yeah, so I think that may have been a 70s But only one thing. of them is a 14-year-old boy that's always up underneath this 40-year-old man. Uh, but admittedly, he does want some sweet potato. <laughs> well, again, and he lets you know, it's like, you know. But, um, you know, the monkey hustle. I, I really... It's the monkey hustle. It's really... I, I'm finding it a little disconcerting that you can watch this film and like okay is it possible that your continued enjoyment of the monkey hustle truly stems from the remembrances of what this movie meant to you when you first discovered it i mean it might be but i watched it this afternoon yeah like i just watched it and chuckled through the whole thing true but that's because you the memory of seeing it the I, memory, mean, I mean maybe because like i'll watch i watch uptown saturday night i love uptown saturday night i laugh like crazy yeah, yeah, uptown yeah. Saturday night. but there's a part of me that also knows that you know no I, 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 a better example it's not a black film so we won't be doing it but the um uh 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 blazing saddles okay a funny movie, hilarious, a really funny movie. A movie that you know, if you watch it now, they, it's 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 you know, it's a little troublesome. For the record, I think you could argue Blazing Saddles is a black movie, but go ahead. Well, we'll, we'll see if you choose it. All that. right, but but I watched that movie, and I know there's a part of me. I know for the for the most part, the reason why I'm laughing at that film is because not because 2016. Len is watching this. You know, 16, 17 year old Len is watching this in, in the Walton. That's who is still watching. I'm still watching it from a little bit through that prism. And I think that's the reason because you were too intelligent <laughs> to, to like the monkey hustle. To really <laughs> sit there and, 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 and say that, you know, that, hey, the Monkey Hustle is a funny movie. No, no. The Vince that I know is not saying that. The I don't know Vince, if I said it's funny. Baltimore Vince. But it's fun. Well, you said you chuckled. Well, you I, said did chuckle. yeah, I did chuckle. I did chuckle. There's nothing fun about this movie. It's so sloppy. Makes no sense. I like The Monkey Hustle. Even the, even the acting. I mean, yeah, Yafik Koto shouldn't be delivering, delivering uh, um, comedy. But Thomas Carter, you know, 
he's shucking and jiving through this movie too. Yeah. You know, Rosalind Cash, she's basically, she's like, she's got to pay her rent. Yeah. You yeah. know, Debbie Morgan, she's not the Debbie Morgan that we she's know not. in this movie. She's actually homely. Pretty. Like, I love it. Like, yeah, I love well, the I love it too. That, but, that it's like, wow, she's homely. But acting wise, eh. You yeah, she I mean? cries and runs and, out of and, room. And the rest of the and the rest of the actors, and the rest of the gang. Yeah, <laughs> come on. I mean, this is these are these are the extras of fame given something to do. Yes, you know what I mean in this movie. So, so I don't understand this fun. I I think it's fun. I think you know. There have been, and, and and you're right. Nostalgia might be part of it because this is certainly a film that would come on in the middle of the afternoon on like channel 45 and I'll have it on while I'm doing something else. Like it really is like, I think what's happening is the perfect analogy to it because I don't think anyone can make an argument for what's happening. Like, like when I talk about the, the, the great Norman Lear era of comedies of mm-hmm. the seventies mm-hmm. and I talk about, you know, Barney Miller and good times and, and the Jeffersons, Barney Miller, not a Norman, not Lear. a Norman Lear, but but but, but that period of of you know uh, you know W K you know again these aren't Norman Lear shows, uh, but like no, Norman Lear kind of raised the standard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No one is going to say, well, you know, you know what's happening should be a part of this conversation, and yet people have not people me. Have a genuine affection for what's happening. For what's happening. Yes. This is not a good film. It's not a good film. It is not. It is. It is a light film. And you do it a disservice. You do what's happening a disservice comparing this to what's happening. You know what? I'll give you that. I will give you that. I will give you that. That what's happening is a better put together product. Yeah. And the, the reason why hustle. what's happening works and it does have lower stakes is because what's happening is you know, um, trying to be the other side of the coin of its source material. Right, right. Which is Cooley Cooley High. High. Yeah. Which is a lot, you know, darker. Yeah, oh yeah, because the dude dies in Cooley High. Yeah. How do I... All right. Um, (laughs) I didn't cry at the end of Cooley High, but I was real sad. Oh, you didn't? I think we were all sad. I don't... I didn't cry at the end of Cooley High. I cried when Cochise died. Damn, he hit his head. Yeah, and that dude went and joined the army. I know, became a sergeant. He got away with murder. Mm-hmm. You know, it's the monkey hustle. Like that's all you can say. It's the that, monkey. that's that's all I can say. Again, this is a phrase that has never been used. Like anyone who studies linguistics of the African American people, I defy you to find someone or a citation with the term monkey hustle it is light it is again a frippery it is a trifle you made up that word look it up it's a real word i don't i wouldn't even know how to spell it f r i p p r y it is a trifle it is it it is it is you know i forget what what the french word is for like the little the the little candy that that's not even really a candy it's it's you know wow if you like rudy ray hey man you you know hey (laughs) frippery a showy 
or unnecessary ornament in architecture, dress, or language, or second definition, a tawdry or frivolous thing. A frippery. I think you do frippery a disservice comparing <laughs> it to the monkey hustle. I can't even fight you. I can't even fight you. Like I'm not. I can't. Again, I really did. Like I really did. Again, we've been eating a lot of rich. I, food. I appreciate and I appreciate a lot that. of rich French food. A lot of sauces. <laughs> like I feel like we had spent a week in New Orleans. A whole lot of beignets. Right. Beignets again. Sauces. Yeah. yeah. And heavy yeah. meats and sauces. Mm-hmm. Cheese. <clears throat> you know, we've it's been heavy. So I really did want to do a movie that we could spend and then, you know, what where where are we at now? It's like what, fifty what minutes? It's like it's like fifty three minutes. <laughs> And it's just us talking. Like we talked about the movie. We talked about Rudy Ray Moore. We talked about uh, Yafet, what's happening. What's happening? We talked about Yafet Koto. Rosalind Cash. Rosalind Cash. Like I really did want an episode where, we, again, it just sort of, you know, I can't defend the monkey. Like what I look like sitting here making a case for the monkey hustle. Well, actually, Lynn, I think you have to look at the subtext. I think what you missed, Lynn, is the commentary this has for the city of Chicago. For the city of Chicago and how this is really Goldie's name and outfit is really metaphorical of the way that the urban poor fetishize jewelry and material goods. And in many ways, what the director is saying is that the absurdity of this character parallels the absurdity of the way that the African-American community prioritizes material goods. <laughs> I mean, what I look like saying that about the monkey hustle? It's the monkey hustle. That's all about all we can say. You like Rudy Ray Moore? Rudy Ray Moore has three scenes in this thing where he is very much Rudy Ray Moore. Like many of you, if you are like me and you like Rudy Ray Moore, you may have seen Dolomite. You, I know you saw the human tornado. Maybe you saw the avenging disco godfather. If you really, really went for it, you may have seen Petey Wheatstraw, the devil's son-in-law. You may not have seen the monkey hustle. So he's got like three scenes in the monkey hustle. You got Yafet Koto and a bow tie with what I found to be a troubling relationship with a 14-year-old boy in a half shirt. You've got Rosalind Cash. Oh, here you go. Did you see Robert Townsend? Yeah, real quick. Robert Townsend has an uncredited role as one of the band members mm-hmm. in, in, in uh, Wynn's band. And his manager is played by the great Stephen Williams. Yes. Yes, with, uh, with his... Uh, Dumblethor mustache. Right, just crazy mustache. <laughs> so, you know. There you go. All you Debbie Morgan, are you Rudy Ray Moore completist? Yeah, both, the monkey hustle. Both of you. <laughs> go pick this up. It's available on Amazon Prime. <laughs> they ain't going to make you pay for this. <laughs> I think they're giving it away on Amazon. Uh, 
<laughs> just throw it in. Lynn, what you have to understand is that the character of the Black Knight as a corrupt policeman, what that tells us about this period is not only can the African-American community not trust the authorities and the government's agents, but that oftentimes those agents are members of our own community. You done? I mean, you know. Because <laughs> I am. I'm finished. <laughs> Frippery. <laughs> um, all right. <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead. We wrap it. So go. if you must, go check out The Monkey Hustle. But don't say we didn't warn you. No, don't say I didn't warn you. Don't say I didn't warn you. I tried to put it in its proper context. Fun. Uh, all right, ladies and gentlemen, uh, that's it for this uh, journey on the Michelle Mission. Um, coming up next on the Michelle Mission, I'm not sure because I think we, I think we may have a guest. I'm not exactly. I got to look at the schedule. Um, so I don't want to tell you what's coming next and I'd be wrong. So, um, cause we got a couple of things in a hopper that are coming, a, a very big special twofer episode that we, we've got to get under underway. Um, and uh, a couple of returning guests to the Michelle mission, uh, coming back. So we got a couple of things coming. So, uh, stay tuned, stay tuned, uh, follow us on Twitter at mission Michelle. Uh, or on Facebook at Michelle Mission, like us and follow us, and uh, to keep abreast of all the comings and goings of the Michelle Mission, as well as uh, stay tuned for more information about our um, our radio debut. Ooh, yeah, Ooh. it may be coming sh- sooner than you sooner than we thought. So we'll see. Okay, until then, the show is available because you found it on michellemission.com as well as on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher Radio, Google Play, and every place that good podcasts be as including the Black Tribbles Podcast Network which is available on blacktribbles.com This has been fun. We appreciate all of your feedback. Please feel free to email us at michellemission at gmail.com or leave a comment on uh, Facebook or Twitter and we'll, we'd like to share all of our feedback all of your feedback with all of you so for Vince this is Len imparting we say we'll see you when it's time to meet again It's time to bid adieu. It's been a pleasure knowing you. I'll see you when it's time to meet again. <laughs>